0: All right, uh, three Shilas from this week, and you something tell me the you would like to discuss. Uh, Shayla number one. Oh, I should actually, I, I should just read it off of the email, because uh, that will give the best uh, sense of the shyla. Um Shayla number one. Whoops. Let's try that again. I got from a guy who suffers from OCD, and the shilo was as follows. Um... I've been going to a firm therapist recently who has been trying to expose me to anxiety, to expose me to anxiety, to help with my OCD. He notices that I get disturbed by cursing, which I believe is rightfully so. And he has been picking on that and trying to get me to curse. After many sessions in which he tried, I gave in once in the name of therapy— I subsequently visited Rav Asher's Tshuva, in which the importance of treating OCD is clear, and the need to sometimes be over for this cause, but I'm not sure that cursing is specifically necessary for treatment. The therapist is from, but definitely not a Bucky in Halacha. He clearly does not view cursing as offensively as I do, which makes it more difficult to accept that I should listen to him. He told me that I should dig up as many sources as I can to prove to him that it's Asr, not only that it's Asr in general, but also in the clinical context in which he's doing it, or else he's going to continue make me to do it. So Shaila is, can he, uh, can they use cursing as a way of treating OCD? Um, so that is Shaila number one. He's, Sh- he's to, to hear other people it's one of the many things that bother him a lot. Um, but that—that's not really so much the issue. It's—it's the, it's not that he's OCD about cursing. It's that he's OCD in general. And the treatment plan. I spoke to a, psych, a psychologist about this, who's also a rabbi, a, a good friend of mine. Um, the, the treatment for this is to find gray areas, to find you know things that um, will cause some anxiety but are not clearly prohibited. The—the um, the, uh, let's see. I, I think I even have the quote here. That he, he the my, my friend Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Schwartz, Tani Schwartz, who was in uh, he's a rabbi in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh there you are. Okay, yeah. So you know you know Rabbi Schwartz? Huh? Other side of town, right? Other side of town, yeah. So he is uh yeah, so he's he's a phenomenal talmudacher. When we were in Rav this year together, so they were like you know the all stars of the year. It was like uh, not that they didn't like wear actual stars or anything like that, but you know like Rav Tani Cohen, Rav Danny Stein, Rav Ephraim Goldberg, and and Rav Tani Schwartz. You know these guys were like the uh, the big guys in the year, and then there was you know the the rest of us. So uh, he he uh, he writes. He has a quote from an article on this. Um, How does one encourage a religious patient to accept the risk of sin? We make a clear distinction between risking the possibility of sin with normative behavior and purposefully sinning. The former is a natural part of life. One cannot live life without some level of risk. And is, I don't know, EXRP... Uh, And in EXRP, we increase the level of risk without going to the point that the level of risk is forbidden by religious law. We do not believe it is of value for a therapist to encourage a religious patient truly to sin or even to say, I am sinning while taking a risk. So the treatment is to do something that is the kind of behavior that seems like he's risking an ISR, but you're not allowed to tell him to actually do an ISR, right? That's not the point. So the therapist was looking dafka for something that's not really an Isser but you know seems like an Isser and is therefore the source of anxiety because anywhere in the gray area is very troubling to someone with OCD. So that that was that's the the idea. So he wanted to know if he's allowed to curse as part of his as part of his treatment. Um, another another Shaila that uh, that that came up. Let's see if I could find this. Um, If I could find this this email. If not, I'll just tell it to you outside. But I think it may be better with the email. Um, uh, Here it is. Yes. Uh, A fellow from uh, another city, I don't think it's important what city, says as follows. Um, Okay, first a bunch of pleasantries. He came to visit my shir, my Dafyomi shir. So he, he... Apparently enjoyed. Okay. The Shiloh that I have, here we go, relates to a Gerrit Sedek who was nifter about a year ago. This came after a three and a half year struggle following an aneurysm. He was married to an unstable yet loving woman for about 10 years who was so devoted to him she ended up needing care herself, first committed to a mental institution and then being in a homeless shelter. She's a born Jew, Canadian citizen, so limited rights here in America. They did not have children. So again, Ger married to a Jewish woman. The Ger died. They didn't have any children. Sadly, we have reached out to the shelters that might be housing her. She's somewhere in a homeless shelter. But because we're not family, we're not entitled to know which shelter she's in. They can't get that information. The question actually arises from the several of us who needed to clear out their apartment because they haven't paid rent in months. So the landlord says, listen, you know, they can't keep their stuff here. Guy's dead. Woman's in a homeless shelter. Uh, they Because she couldn't care for herself. They got to clear out the apartment. So they contacted someone in the frum community to go clear out the apartment. While the ger was still alive, I was asked to watch over a box containing his tallest fillin', sidurim, mezuzah, chumashim, etc. Now that he was nifter and we can't locate her, we were wondering to whom did these heftzi kedushah belong? If they're hefker, is there any preference to give it to a day school so kids could use the Twillin a poor family with a bar mitzvah boy coming up who might need the Twillin I'd pay to have them checked of course or should they go to shul, the shul that the couple frequented before the tragedy happened That's my shayla. if you need more details ma Eliza etc so uh, what do you do with all of his stuff now that he's dead and his wife? Is unfortunately committed to uh, to, to, uh, mental, to to a mental to a homeless shelter. That is Shiloh number two. Shiloh number three. do not to find an email because it wasn't an email. Someone asked me um, the following Shiloh. Shiloh number three is. A guy told me that his wife has a condition where every time they have Tash she gets a massive headache to the point that it becomes debilitating. She cannot function afterwards. So I, I said, psychological? Like, he said, no. She went to the doctor. The doctor said that there's something about her nervous system when her nerves get all uh, worked up. She gets this massive headache. Nabuch on him, Nabuch on her. She gets a massive headache. So what's the treatment? So the doctor said that the treatment is... Uh, she should just take, very simple, take four Advil an hour before Tashmish. And that way, it will have kicked in by the time of the Tashmish and then it won't, uh, then, then her headache won't be too bad. So, his Shaila was, if Lel Ona is mayor of er, Shabbos Lel of Shabbos and so it was a Friday night mitzvah ona, can she take the Advil on Shabbos? You're not allowed to take medicine on Shabbos. So you say, okay, she's a Holy kalaguf. she can't move when uh, she gets this, this headache. Yeah, but you're not supposed to bring the illness Upon yourself, meaning she's dafka doing something. They're doing something that's going to make her need the medicine. So is she permitted to take the medicine in that circumstance? Good. So these are three shadows. We have cursing for the sake of OCD. We have dealing with the these are good ones. We have dealing with the uh, (laughs) with the with the Garen's property when uh, he had no children, and we have the uh, the the woman who has a headache after Tashmish but needs to take the medicine before Tashmish. One, the first one? Yeah, we're agreed, first one, okay. Okay, yes, we'll do the first one. Okay, so we'll start with the first one. So whenever we talk about OCD and halakh, the first place, we have to... I mean, before I say what we're talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about OCD, but the other topic we have to talk about is... Cursing. right? Meaning, those are the two issues over here that sort of... uh, Meaning, as far as OCD is concerned, we have to figure out, is one allowed to violate any sorts of isurim in the treatment of OCD? And then we have to figure out: Is this any sort of iser, or is this just something that's not nice? But is there is there any any meaning? Who's right? Is the therapist right, or is the patient right over here? Patient thinks it is aser. The therapist thinks no big deal. It's just words. It's not it's not a big deal. So let's start with um, let's start with the discussion of the cursing. Good. So what what's what's the the uh, the the sugya that we would uh, be thinking of? Ah, so P'sach Gimel, the, the, the suya of speaking Balash nikia. There is, colloquially, when people talk about cursing and they use the Hebrew term for it, not, not talking about Hebrew curse words, the Hebrew term for cursing, what do they say? Nivolpeh. That is not what the Gemara means by Nivolpeh. The Gemara, there are a couple of suyas and shahs about Nivilpeh, most notably Shabbos, Taflam, and Gimel, where the uh, Gemara says as follows about Nivolpeh. And Kesubis also, but Kesubis is just like one line. Shabbos Davlam and Gimel. The Gemara says, "Ba'avon Nivlus Peh for the sin of Nivlus Peh." Tsaros Rabos Ugzeros koshos, Meschadchos. Many sorrows and terrible Gzeros are are uh, are happen. Ubachurei Sona Yisrael mesim Yisomim, and young Jews die as orphans. Va'almanos Tsarakin. Um, and the, the Almano's cry out Veinonen and are not answered. Uh, pretty bad, meaning horrible, horrible things happen because of the Aveir of Nivalpa. But, don't be fooled, that nivolpeh is not the same as saying however many words you're not allowed to say on TV, right? That pe is talking about something else. That is more clear in the Sugri Masech Ksubus, although it says it here in Shabbos as well. Amr Everybody knows what's going to happen on a wedding night when Akala goes to the chupa. Elokola menavel Piv. But someone who is menavel piv, someone who speaks about such matters that that should remain in private, speaks about such matters that are not for public consumption. Even if there's a gzardin that he's supposed to live seventy good years, those years will turn into seventy. Bad years. That's for nivul That same sugya, as we said, that same line appears in uh, in Maseches Over here, the Gemara goes even further. Call him piv ma gehenim. They deepen gehenim for him. There is a there is a rabbi who writes a lot of halacha articles in English. Who wrote an article a few years ago about uh, cursing. And he called the article "cursing in halacha." And he wrote, "If someone curses, then he gets seventy years and of, uh, of terrible things." And uh, Ganem is deepened, and he quoting all these gemaras. But he was wrong about that. Meaning, for cursing, you don't get this. This is, this is talking about you know issues that that should be intimate and uh, and, and and quiet. So, w- what's cursing? Cursing is speaking in an unrefined way. That is the sukkah so at the beginning of What's the very first word of Pesachim? Or... What does Or mean in the context of uh, Pesachim? Night. Uh, but there's a perfectly good word for night. Just say No, we like to speak in a more refined way. So that's why in the Gemara brings raya's from several pesukim in the Torah that the Torah goes out of its way sometimes just to speak in a more refined way. Instead of using the word "tameya," the Torah will say Einena Tahora. Because we try to speak in a more refined uh, clean way. Um, I've told the story many times uh, Rav uh, Fran said that uh, that he heard once that Rav Pam said about his mother that his mother never said the word sheker. It was a dirty word. She couldn't say it. She would say das MS. That's it. She couldn't. She couldn't say. Uh, she couldn't. She couldn't say, say anything anything worse than that. Um, so that, that, is, uh, that is a refined way of speaking. Does that mean it's usher to say the word temeyah? Is usher to say the word leil? It's usher to say the word sheker? Are any of these things usher? No, they're not really usher to do. It's just, speak, it's, it, it's just that one should try to speak in as refined a fashion as he can. I asked uh, a while back, I asked my friend Rabbi Daniel Feldman... For uh, some Maramakomos, I, I couldn't find anyone that actually wrote like a good article on Lishna Nakia, on whether this is a formal Isser or not an Isser. So he sent me on Hebrew books, there's a whole Kuntras on on uh, speech, on clean speech, and uh, on any Averos related to speech. But I was just looking through it. It's, it's essentially just a collection of the Mamari Chazal. I mean, he quotes Hadram uh, mentions all of these things. The Ervas Dibur, is nivolpeh, and uh, he quotes this Kamar and Shabbos, but he also conflates these two things, Nivilpeh and lashonikiyah. Now, it should be pointed out that sometimes lack of lashonikiyah is Nivilpeh, meaning depending which curse word you're going to say. There are some of these words that refer to lewd Things and not just are are, are they're not just uh, unrefined ways to speak, right? A person who uh, uses uh, choice uh, language to describe, uh, you know, uh, what the dog he leaves on the street, you know, or uh, or, or where. Uh, or where people who speak this way are going to go, or whatever. You know, like so, a person who uses unrefined language to uh, to speak that way, okay, so that's that's lashon hakia. But a person who says certain words that, that that are meant to describe an intimate act, that's probably both lashon hakia and nivul right? That's probably a violation of both at the same time. But well, when the Torah uses lashon like Kloa, is that like what type of kolah is that? Is that referring, to? Like, you know, like when a person you can't? curse your, your, your mother or father or, or whatever it is. Like. It's like saying that they should die or something. I mean, that, that's, that's yeah, like, that's not... When we talk about cursing in the Torah, that is definitely not this, right? It's not... Uh, right, it's not saying one of these words. It's saying an, an actual, like, you know... Like a bad omen or something. Yeah, that yeah, be. that a curse that the person should die right. or that yeah that the person should suffer or something like that. It's not to say curse words uh, geared at them. So um, it's, like, it's like cursing at one's parents in the colloquial sense, like nowadays it's considered cursing. wouldn't it be wouldn't, it be, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be, that. Would be a violation of kibud right. in the strongest right, exactly. way, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it, would, it would not it would not fit into that. So what is this? What is so is this in issur? This, is, is it in the minion of mitzvahs? Is it in shulchan aruch? I don't think so. I'm not sure about it. Maybe the Magnav Ram in Knuts where the Magnav Ram has all the uh... All the uh, things that don't make it into Shulchan Aruch but are Hanagis Tovos that a person has to do, there's that long Magen Ram where he mentions all those things. So maybe it's there. I didn't look, but it's not, I don't. I don't believe it's in Shulchan Aruch and I don't believe. I'm pretty sure it is in that Magen actually. I don't believe it's in Shulchan Aruch and I don't. I, I, I don't believe. Certainly not in anyone's Minyan of Mitzvos. But this is what we call Midos. I Meaning, does it say anywhere in uh, Shulchan Aruch that you're not know, allowed be a Balgaver? That you're not know, allowed be an Azpanim? That you know that Meaning uh, of course, don't be a Balkai, don't be a you know, don't be a person of chutzpah, don't be you have to have proper meeters. So this is this this would fit into the al Atsmo category. Is it is it in kind of? I don't know, I didn't look. I don't know. But um yeah, so this would fit into the Beit adam La'atzmol category. Does that mean it's not usher? That means, okay, so it's not technically, tell me which love, I'm not violating it, can't give me Malkus for this, it, so it's not an Isr? No, I still think it's an Isr, meaning they're already surim, Beit adam La'atzmol, it's just those Isurim are a little more um, difficult to define and difficult to pin down. So I understand why the therapist would choose something like this. He's choosing something. He's dafka trying to choose something that's a gray area. So that it could be a source of discomfort for the person without actually having him violate an iser. Um, good. So that's, that's what the therapist was trying to do. Now I would argue it is violating an iser Just because it's not a you know, in the minyan of mitzvot, doesn't mean it's not an iser. It's an iser al meaning. What I mean that, that it's an iser, there's no rabbi in the world where if you ask him, Stam, am I allowed to uh, you know, use the F word or whatever? No rabbi in the world will, will tell you, yeah, it's no big deal. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, they, they, they had uh, the forward.com this week, had, they asked 22 rabbis, is intermarriage a, an opportunity? For the Jewish people, or A, I forgot what the other choice was. It wasn't sin, oddly, but in the, the, I forgot. What the, but that's Orthodox rabbis, conservative rabbis, rabbis who are conservative claim to be Orthodox, uh, Reform rabbis, uh, and Reconstructionists, and I don't know, there are things I never heard of. Other kinds of rabbis that they asked. So what? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Different kinds of rabbis that they had. So, uh, so many of them view intermarriage as an opportunity. Um, rather than a, I, don't know, I forgot what the other. The other uh, it was just shocking. The other option was not a sin, an avera. Like you can't do it. There's no such thing as sin. So, but I think I would bet if they asked those same 22 rabbis, "Are you allowed to speak like this?" They would all say no. They'd all say that you're not allowed to speak like this. Uh, yeah, even, but but obviously, I'm talking Orthodox rabbis for sure. No one would tell you you're allowed to do this. You're not allowed to speak like this. That's that's, that's clear that a person is not supposed to speak this way. And a person should train himself to speak in a in a refined. In a refined way, um, yeah. Although, although you know, in in. In the context of therapy, maybe yeah. not so much. So, what about OCD? So, does OCD allow one to, in the treatment of OCD, does it allow one to, uh, to, to, to do things like this? So, I, I, I gave it to in Alekhashir when Rav Asha Weiss came out with Chelik Beis of Minchas In the Chelik Beis of Minchas mm-hmm. he had a landmark tshuva about OCD. I think it was the first tshuva written by a major posek about effectively dealing with OCD, because OCD is very, very challenging for. From person, because people with OCD tend to get fixated on details and are always concerned that they haven't fulfilled every detail our religion is a very detail-oriented religion. There are a lot of sifkatans in our religion. And a a person with OCD is is very likely to struggle with that. So, for example, a person with OCD may say kriyashma for many hours, repeating the words in brachos and shmon esrei. I didn't say it with kavana, I didn't pronounce it just right. I'm concerned just repeating, repeating, repeating. Um, A person, a, a woman with OCD who has to do bedikos says, a nida may, may drive herself crazy doing or preparing yourself for tefillah to go to the mikveh and cleaning your body you may stay in the bath for hours and hours maybe there's more dirt under the fingernail maybe there's a speck of nail polish maybe there's this, maybe there's that we, we have to give like Guidelines to such people, you're not allowed to stay in the bath for more than X amount of time. You must get out of the bath after that amount of time and just go to the mikveh and assume that everything's everything's okay. People with OCD sometimes even stress over um, emunos videos. Do I really believe in Hashem? Maybe maybe I'm not pikoras. Why would you think you're pikoras? But maybe I am. Maybe I have a doubt. Maybe I right. This is that's the way the 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 mind the mind works. Obviously, there are many different levels. Some people have it mildly. Some people have it much more. You know. Have have much more of a problem. Uh, the 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 relative uh, the principles that are critical to understand uh, how the Torah deals with LCD, how Halacha deals with LCD is first of all We're not expected to be perfect, and if a person is going to fixate on being perfect, that is not the expectation of the Torah. Second of all. How we do mitzvos is not only how we read in the books that we ought to do mitzvos; it's how we saw our parents and grandparents do mitzvos. Rabbi Rav Willig often points out that the Masaora plays a critical role in this. That if a person is doing mitzvos in a way that no Jew has ever done mitzvos in the past, because he is so careful, he is likely in violation of the Masaora. Israel, we do mitzvos the way our grandparents did mitzvos, and uh, and and when one gets beyond. Beyond that, it likely is uh, is is not from Kite, It likely is OCD. Um, yet, having medactic mitzvah kala kibbechamura, we have to be medactic in mitzvos. In fact, many Gedolei Yisrael. You read biographies of Gedolei Yisrael, and it's not abundantly clear when what they're describing is piety and when it's OCD. Um, so, the I think if they say b'shem the That the way to tell is if it expresses itself in other areas of life, then it's OCD. If it only expresses itself in areas of halacha, then it's, you're just a brisker, right? So that's, uh, that, I think that was his, uh, his gedder of determining whether it was uh, a problem or not a problem. But you, you understand, I remember reading one biography of a gadol Israel who was, by all accounts, a gadol Israel, A person who was an enormous tamal chacham and a great leader of people. Um, but it described as a five-year-old. He would wash his hands every three minutes because he was such a naki and kadosh Vitar. Is that why? Are you sure? I mean, isn't it possible? Just that, And they said, like he would sit in the bathroom as a child for an hour to make sure that he was perfectly clean and, because he was such a nucky Kadosh Vitar. Probably not because he was such a... He was a nucky Kadosh Vitar later on in life. But as a five-year-old, as an eight-year-old, uh, probably was he had OCD that went untreated and uh, whatever, but uh, you, you have to know what's uh, what's what's piety and what's not. The Gemara in has a whole about a chulda. If uh, you have to be khoshish that after you did bedikas in a room, maybe a weasel brought chametz from another room and came into this room. So Gemara says, yeah, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna if you have three rooms in your house, get three different people in the rooms and say, Okay, go, be both now, and everyone's gonna do it at the same time. That way you'll make sure no weasels anymore. But maybe some maybe weasels can come from the neighbor's house. Okay, so you'll get the whole city, you'll get everyone from the city at the same time and go and like you know, synchronize and everyone's gonna do badika's at the same time. But maybe from another city Ligmar says, We can't be sure. We can never be absolutely sure. We we have to we have to live within reason. So what did Rav Asher write in his tshuva? It's Rav Asher in Chelik Bayz and Kuflam Adalid um, was asked by a Chacham who, due to his OCD, um, always felt like he didn't have kavana in Shema Nasrei, in brachos, and the treatment was never ever repeat a bracha because he didn't have kavana. But what if I'm sure I didn't have kavana? Do not repeat a bracha. The therapist said you are not allowed to repeat a bracha, period. You have to confront that doubt, which is exactly the treatment. You confront that doubt and live with it. You have to live with that doubt. That, so he said, but what do I do? He asked Ravash Weiss, what do I do if I'm sure that I didn't pronounce the words of the bracha? Right. I know that I was not yotze. What do I do? So Rav Asher says uh, 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 a chiddish. He says that it's... The truth is, it's not such a chiddish because the stipler Gon had written many letters to people of OCD and he wrote very similar things. Without saying it as a chiddish la'alacha, he advised people very, very wisely on OCD issues, um, you know, and, and, and Ravasha writes, that a person is allowed to violate a mitzvah so saseh not to be sick, because you don't have to give up 20, more than 20% of your money to do a mitzvah, you certainly don't have to give up your mental health to do a mitzvah. So if it's about failing to do a mitzvah so saseh, don't worry about it, it's fine. If that's the treatment, that's the treatment. And he says... Even if it's a losasei. Mutav she'ichal ha'shab ha'sha'achas, k'deshi yishmar, shabbas Better for a person to violate one small aveira now rather than violate many averas. Because think about this guy. The guy is confident that, he's, that he didn't say the brachos, right, that he didn't say sh'mon correctly. the brachos sh'mon correctly. So what's he going to do? He's going to repeat it. How many times? How many times is he going to repeat it? So probably every single day, at least three, four times, right? How many of those times did he really not pronounce the words correctly? Uh, maybe once? So how many brachas is this guy going to be saying? Because, because he's sure, he's sure. No, better to, 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 to have it, you know, to have the Avera now, rather than compound the Avera over and over and over again. Uh, additionally, Ravasha quotes, although it's questionable how <laughs> applicable it is, gedola Avera lishma. And then Ravasha says, you know, uh, the, the, the guy said, maybe I shouldn't eat a k'day sviya, and that way I won't be chayiv in berksamazami daraisa. So at least I'll avoid a daraisa, and that way I won't have any sveikos. And uh, Rav Asher said, that's a good way to increase your illness, to get worse. I Meaning you're feeding your OCD when you do that. Because, what do you mean, don't eat a Maybe you should eat less than a kazayi b'chayi pras. So every ten minutes, you have like a yom kippur, uh, you know, like a cholan yom kippur kind of Suda. So it's not to be chayv brachachron at all, uh, even Oh, Better eatsa. So. so like the you know the Ravasha says, or maybe you should eat everything shalok kederachahila, right? You should, uh, you should swallow uh, solid foods whole, and you should right everything shalok. Or maybe you should never sleep a shenas keva, so you won't become chayv in in the morning. Right? And that way uh, you won't have a chiv daraisa, and so you don't have kavanah. So, like, you, you imagine someone with bad OCD, like, taking notes, like, oh my gosh, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are great. But uh, Ravasha says, no, it's ridiculous. You can't live like that. That's not a way a person is, is, is able to live. Um, so, so, the the problem was, and R- R- Rabbi Schwartz um, pointed this out to me, at the very end of the tshuva, Rav Ravasha says, if you certainly didn't pronounce the Shem properly, it could be that other people you were trying to be Motsi were not yotzei. Like if you said Kiddush and you certainly didn't pronounce the Shem properly, it could be your wife wasn't yotzei. You were yotzei because you have no chiv to repeat anything ever, because that's your treatment. But it could be that your wife wasn't yotzei. Um So Rabbi Dr. Uh, Jonathan Schwartz said, that's why Rav Asher had to write another tshuva, on an OCD, in the third volume of Mechasasher because of that line at the end of the, tshuva, the second volume, he gave him an inch at the end, and you're not supposed to do that. You can't tell him, oh, and it could be your wife's not Yosef. Wait, if my wife's not Yosef, then I'm not really Yosef. Right? That that, that opens up the, the whole thing. So I wasn't even aware that in the third volume of Hilchus, of, of Asher, he actually has another, another tshuva about OCD, Hasovel mi kafyatiyot, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I didn't know that meant OCD. In the second volume, he writes... O C D. So I knew what it was about. I, I didn't know that, he, that. So I looked through the table of contents many times. But okay. So he says, "Someone, the person, the same person says, um, I know what you wrote in volume two that I'm really yotze I don't get how I'm possibly yotze. it Doesn't make sense to me that I'm yotze If I know I didn't say the words right, how could you say that I'm yotze uh, You want to tell me that my job is not to repeat a fine, but to say that I'm yotzei the mitzvah, I'm yotzei tefillah? It's not. It's not true. It's against the halacha." So what are you talking about? So Rashi Weiss has another kavaldikachidish, <laughs> and he says, "Ba'omek hadvarim u'pashtusa nirem isvara lomar." He says, "I have to say, pashtus <laughs> to me is the shtei mitzvos yesh b'torah shebehen misha niftzar mi menu lekayman machmas pegam v'chasser be'evarav mekayman bederek shu yachal u'bekelim sheyotzar adam nasa lo viyotzar ben yidechav al kedin." There are two mitzvahs in the Torah where if you're physically incapable of fulfilling those mitzvahs, you get the mitzvah anyway. Not Onus rahmana patre. If you're physically incapable of doing these mitzvahs properly and therefore you do them improperly, you're Mekayim Mitzvah. Two mitzvahs in the Torah and they are Tfila, Tshuva. Tfila and Tshuva, he says. Why? Because he says, with these two mitzvahs, we're not talking about a key mitzvah. We are, it's a key mitzvah, but it's beyond that. It's the only way through which we could be zolchet to rachmei shemayim and to shefa elion, to Hashem's abundance of goodness that He wants to uh, share with us. It's through tefillah that Hashem bestows blessing upon us. And he says, It's obvious to me that, let's say, a person is mute, and he has the most sincere tfilos, heartfelt tefillahs to the Rebunachon, but he can't say them, he's just thinking them. What, he's not Yotzi tefillah, he wasn't Meshmeel Oz? No. He's not Yotzei Tfila. Of course he's Yotzei Tfila, says Rav Asher. And by tshuva, the Raman writes in the first paragraph of the tshuva, pez, ma'akef a tshuva. So someone who does a real tshuva and doesn't say Vidui, his tshuva is not meskabeles, m- 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 he says, v'chiyala aladas, sha'ilei mamisha dibur meshubash. a person who has a, 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 who has suffered a stroke and he can't speak properly. So you're going to tell me, yomos pecheto be'adu yochel esvados? That he has to die with his sin and he can never do tshuva? Impossible. Rosh says it's impossible. So he says, if that's true of physical limitations, it's true of you as well, he tells the fellow. If you can't pronounce the words properly in a way that satisfies you and you're convinced that you haven't pronounced the words properly, you've been mekayim tefillah the way a mute person has been mekayim tefillah. That's what he says. So these are, these are landmark tshuvas in, in, in the world of OCD. But in this tshuva, he really limits it because he's talking tefillah and he's talking tshuva. What about everything else? So it could be, there you say, Anas So let's bring it back to our Shetan. What would you tell the guy? Now that we, okay, now we have the background, right? Cursing is asr. It's not a lav. It's not an assay. It's, it's just asr it's a violation of lishon dekeil choladeos you know many types of lishon is not so you're allowed to say the word tamay just don't always say it cuz it's just not nucky to speak that way all the time but there are certain words that saying those words is a violation of dekeil choladeos um ocd now we have a mahalich you have to make sure that the person is able to confront situations of doubt without telling him to actually blatantly violate an Iser. So what would you tell the guy? What would you tell the therapist? Is this a viable way to uh, to do therapy? As long as it's not the certain words. So meaning maybe he should pick words that like tame or sheker or whatever. Yeah, but the guy won't even feel bad about that. Meaning like, not the words that are nilpah, the words that maybe. Oh, meaning just listen to of the words, not the Nivel peh words. Yeah. So I wasn't sure about that because even Rav chuva, even that first chuva where he says don't repeat shmon esrei, the, the the idea is by not repeating shmon esrei, he's going to be yotzei more shmon Esres that way, and do you know he's going to do more shmon Esres correctly that way, as opposed to repeating and repeating and repeating and violating brachos vatala. Over here, by saying the Nivel peh, like there's no, it may be part of a larger treatment. But it's not that Nivelpeh is necessary for the treatment. There needs to be some confrontation of doubt. You can find something else that is a confrontation of doubt. You know, the, 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 this is just violating something that has no benefit. You know, to tell a guy to say Shimon essay once and not say it twice is always the right decision in 99% of the cases. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. But to tell a guy to curse is never the right decision. It's never the right thing to do. So I was very troubled by this. I did not think that it was, uh, that it was the right thing to do. But it's very tricky, because you don't want to get between a person and his therapist. Uh, especially you know, if he loses the trust, and he thinks that every time the therapist tells him to confront a doubt, that the therapist is he's really telling me to do an ISR, and he's not allowed to tell me to do an Israel. And, the, and the, the whole OCD you know, c- flares up again, and the whole mindset flares up again. So it's very, very tricky. Probably the therapist should be in touch and this therapist was wise enough to, when, when the guy came back to him with all of this information that I, that I gave him, I shouldn't have given him all this information, probably. but he, he went back to the therapist and the uh, therapist said, you know what, I'm going to be in touch with the rabbi, but you're not going to be involved in those conversations and that's the right way to do it. Because if the guy is involved in those conversations, then he's not confronting doubt. The rabbi already said it was Okay. You know, and he knows it, but this way, it's the therapist's conversations with the rabbi. It's not his, so he's able to 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 deal with sfekos. Yeah, question. No? Is there any difference between um, uh, doing an istirah sort or of, a volta as or like a on this, or like... I mean, there's, in general, there's differences in halacha yeah, between no, saying, it? Like, is, like, like, all the like, two. Like, like like, like, don't repeat Shimon like, yeah, Esrei. Much easier to say exactly than... As to, to right. As opposed to tell someone to be, say it, to violate the Yeah. Can you have him say words in like, like a bad word and then you just flip a letter so it will hit the brain where he's not actually saying anything bad? Does that work? I think for him, if yeah. he, it might work if you're like almost yeah. saying, it, saying it. I don't know. I don't know if it will work. I don't know. I don't know um, so that is do we have time for another? oh it's already late um, so maybe I'll answer one of the others quickly the which last one? One, last one, last one? the last one was the Tashmashamita um, what was the other one that I asked? Yerusha for the Ger oh okay. um, Yerusha for the Ger okay Yerusha for the Ger is easier. that will take a second the Yerusha for the Gar is uh, the halach is a, a wife is not Yerusha her husband period so, uh, however, so it seems like an open and shut case. And uh, whoever wants it to take it. So whoever has it with and do whatever they want. So I asked my brother, the child, and that was his response. But I said back to him, I think that's incorrect over here, and I think I'm right about this, because she had a ksuba. So there's a shibud. Right? So it's not just Stan Hefker. So, what do you do when you have a situation where Agar, that's Hefker, but there's a Shibur on the Nikseyagar? Right? So, I asked Rav Salvechik about it, and he, uh, he said, the Chorah, the sheber, even if someone could be Zoch in the Hefker, but the, the people with the Shibur could collect from the Hefker, and he, he later found and brought it over to me that Choshmishbat uh, hay at the end of the Shulchan Aruch, says exactly that. That there's Zoch in Hefker, but, but the person has the ability to collect. So so what do you do now? Everyone's got all the stuff that belongs to the garret. They're allowed to keep it. But the woman can come and collect. So they should write down how much the stuff is worth. And if the woman ever shows up again, she'll have the right to collect. But it's not stealing. There's ochin and Hefker. It's theirs. But they're going to owe the money if if, if she ever comes to court because there was a Shiba in those nachasim. Okay, um, and as far as the the, the situation, so um, what are the hetery for, uh, for 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 uh, for taking medicine on Shabbos? So there are a lot of them. There are a lot of taking medicine on Shabbos. I asked the Shaila to Zilberstein. I asked all the Shailah to Zilberstein. And with this Shailah, he didn't answer this Shaila directly. He sent me to a piece he has in Shirei Torah uh, Lerofim, I think, where a father wanted to take his son to an Avus Ubadim learning program on Shabbos, but the kid can't do it without Ritalin. So can the kid take his riddle in on Shabbos in order to do the Avasubad? So he said, shayla, same Shaila, same chuva. So he sent me the even though it doesn't sound like the same Shaila, right? But it's the same Shaila. I, I I mentioned this to um uh, to, to uh, another Rav and he told me that he was asked about from a guy who wanted to take Viagra on uh Friday night for uh for mitzvah sola. That's Mamish, same shayla, right? That's uh, That Lachur is the same shayla. Um Although it's not exactly the same because he's not a holy Kalaguf, right? Whereas over here, this woman's going to be a holy Kalaguf. Now, in the Riddle in uh, Tshuva, Rev Zilberstein writes, that uh, generally speaking, there's something called machel bryim. When we pass in the that you're allowed to have food that healthy people would eat, even if you're taking it for therapeutic reasons. My throat's hurting? I could have chicken soup. I could have uh, tea with honey. It soothes my throat, but it's a normal food that regular people eat. That is not a violation of refuah on Shabbos. However, Mishra Brura, in Sifkat and in Sivmishan Chavchas, quotes a that that's only when you eat and drink in a... Eating and drinking kind of way, but if you're doing it mizgo, it's asr for a bari gamur. So he says, anyway, this is this is mutter because of something else. Minchas Yitzchak writes in the Chuvech that if a mira la akum is 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 on the mitzvah then for sure taking medicine. Taking medicine is a much lesser iser. Radvaz in the Shuvah Chela Tafresh Mem says that the gzera of Manim is more kal than any other gzera, including Amir La'akum. It's like the most kal gzera. Intuitively we know this, right? You ask anyone, when's it asr to take medicine on Shabbos? It's As always aser, except for all the cases that it's mutter. You know, like it's mutter almost every time you have a shayla, the answer is going to be that it's mutter for one reason or another. It's a very kal kind of uh, gzera. Furthermore, R. Shlomo Kluger and Sefer Chaim Shinchav Chesiv Lamad Zayin, that any Anything that needs more than just shechika sabmanim. You, you grind it up, and then you need to cook it, you need to combine it, you need to wait, you need to whatever. It needs more than Shrika sabmanim to make the medicine is not included in the gzeira of shechika sabmanim. Because what's the gzeira? You're going to forget yourself, you're going to lose yourself, you're going to grind up the sabmanim. Well, you're not going to forget yourself, lose yourself, and do the whole process that it requires if it's more than just grinding up the sabmanim. So that's for the gzeira Generally not relied upon, but at least a sniff lakula. Um... And uh, furthermore, in the Ktsos HaShulchat, the Rav Chaim nah says that the Gzer Shachikah Sabmanim, especially nowadays, is more kal, because nowadays people are uh, don't know how to do Shachikah Sabmanim. And therefore, considering that it's the Torah mitzvah, considering that when the woman takes it, she is healthy, it would seem that it would be mutter to take. Now, Advil may work four hours later also. It could be that if she asks the doctor, can I take four Advil... You know, before Shabbos, and then uh, four hours later will be so. It could be that's a better etha, uh but she should ask a doctor if that if that would work. You know, it may be wearing off already by then, and maybe maybe it won't work as well. I was just surprised that it's safe to take four Advan. <laughs> it seems like a lot of Advil. I remember my father-in-law once was, uh, told us he was sitting in business class on a plane. He was sitting next to a, um, uh, a, an executive from a pharmaceutical company, and he was complaining about something. You know, he's a, a Jew, so he was complaining about, you know, my back hurts, my this hurts, or something. So the, uh, not complaining, but uh, sharing. You know? um, so the person sitting next to him said, oh, I work for a pharmaceutical You should know that, my father-in-law was telling us, so she said, y- it's safe to take six Advil, she told so uh, my mother-in-law, uh, cleverly at the table, says, I told her to tell you 25. I told her to say 25. Right, uh, okay. I guess you have to know them to get the joke. But okay. Uh, anyway, so I thought in this case that it was, uh, it was working. All right.